Hello and welcome to another edition of the Parker Parker Podcast. I am your host, Eric Vincent Parker. Love and respect to everybody out there, of course. You know that's where we're coming from all the time, right? Uh, Love all y'all. Thank y'all for joining up. Uh, Got some things to talk about, so here we go. Um, You know, I got to thinking when, and I've I've always kind of felt like there was an overhaul needed, right? When it comes to the school system in America, you know, and so in feeling that way, and I felt that way for a long time, I started to look back on what the origins were. Now, the caveat is this, I didn't research that much, but what I did see uh, certainly resonated in the sense that you look at the situation where the guy and his name escapes me at the time at the time but the guy that had gone over and was the leader of the initial public school movement in America started it somewhere around 1835 or so it was about when things caught, kicked off and the guy had gotten his ideas from schools of thought that were in Prussia at the time which would later become Germany, and that those school systems that they would take and adopt and try to instill in the U.S. and not try, they, they did. I mean, it was what happened. It is the history of school system in America, according to this one source, anyways. <laughs> Caveat, right? But when you hear the information, it, it makes sense, right? So... But the idea of them going and getting those ideas from Prussian society, it was built on trusting authority and eliminating free thinking, which in turn made people better workers, was the idea of it, and less likely to rebel or try to unionize and all the things that they would frown upon when running a business, right? Like That was the idea of it. And so you take that idea and it gets instilled here in America and then you have this school system that grows all across the country largely on the same basic principles that the first schools were founded for. And you come to realize that not too much has really changed. If that's the origins of it, then we're probably not as free-thinking a society as what we could be, right? Because the schools... And when I say that, shout out to all the teachers out there, you know, like I'm not trying to talk bad about the people that are actually spending their days being, you know, the, the tenders to the, the gardens of tomorrow, right? Because those kids that grow up in those schools are going to end up being the future of generations, this country, you know, the next bright ideas are coming from those those minds that are sitting in a class right now at the very type of moment I record this. Not necessarily right at this time, granted, but, you know, come Monday morning, there's going to be a lot of kids in school. And somewhere out there are are people that are going to really change the world someday, you know? Like, they're, they're sitting in that classroom right now. And so shout out to all the teachers that lead a positive influence in kids' lives and do something to help out in 
in tending to those young minds, right? Uh, I got a lot of respect for teachers. With that being said, the structure that they're forced to operate in, though, is largely broken, right? And I don't think that falls on the teachers. That is more of a structure issue, more of a state board issue in a lot of cases. And it makes education very uneven in this country. And it also makes uh, to where sometimes people are getting some bullshit messages, right? And incorrect information, especially when we're talking about history class, you know, the 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 viewership and I, I was having this discussion today uh was with a coworker that I, I certainly hope to get onto the show for an interview, right? Uh but we he you know uh he he deals with that where you know there's a lot of frustration and then not telling the full story on things, you know, and and I can certainly understand how painful that must be to where like you know your kids are being lied to and they're being lied to about your people, you know, and the struggle that you've been through. And they try to make it less of an atrocity than what it was. And, and kids should know the truth, right? Uh, they don't have to go into gory detail, but they should be honest about the situation. And if you're teaching a history class where you're not honest with your kids, how much in, in kids growing up in, that, in, in the school structure that has that, how... How much is there that the kids don't know, right? How much do you not learn going through that program that is the public school system, right? Just because of curriculum and, and those sorts of things. Again, this isn't attack on teachers. It's the structure itself that I see as the fundamental issue. You could take the teachers of today and have them operating under a different structure and get much better results, right? The teachers in of themselves are, are not the problem, uh, which isn't to say that every teacher out there is a good one. You know, it's uh, not everybody performs at the highest levels, right? And so um, I think sometimes bad teachers get protected in ways they shouldn't, you know, so there, there's that, that kind of stuff is not without its issues. But at the same time, school structures could be completely different. I, I think there would be real benefit into identifying and catering to natural inclinations of people to nurture what's already there, you know, uh, because that's that's how people choose careers is finding something that they really like doing and doing it well, right? That's that's really the the definition of a career as far as I could think, you know. Uh, so, but schools don't act that way, you know, and so it could be a lot more diverse in the curriculum. There could be a lot more of uh, giving kids more classes in the things that they would naturally excel at. So they feel like um, not only successes, right, it's important to have a sense of accomplishment as you're going through that process, but really with the idea that by the time a kid got out of high school that they would be well-equipped to go find a, a, a and make a comfortable living doing whatever it was that they had always kind of had that propensity for doing, you know. And maybe you cut back on some of the um, college enrollments and people will look at that as a bad thing. But a lot of people rack up a lot of debt in college. So there's so much reform needed in that structure, you know, because school is fucking outrageously expensive right now. And, uh, you know, if if you go and get a job to where you could be made like 50, 60,000 a year 
and then you go to school for four years and maybe you're making eighty, ninety thousand, but you're crippled under student debt for years and years and years. So it's like, did you really get ahead in making that move? You know, it's, sometimes you end up at basically the same place as if you didn't go at all. You know, and so schools could be developed in a way that there was a lot more um, paying attention to what your natural inclinations are, a lot more guidance in arriving at a good place with those inclinations that people have because it's going to be very diverse, right? Uh, that's just the nature of humans is that there's going to be a lot of different interests and skill sets and those kinds of things. And the idea is that you don't uh, try to, you know, force square pegs down a round hole or whatever the bullshit saying is, you know. But the idea is you don't take them and just try to make everybody fit into the single mold where college alone is the answer because college alone isn't the answer. It's not the answer for a lot of different people out there for various reasons, you know. Sometimes you're just in a financial situation where you've got to get out of high school and start making money and then that becomes your only focus and the next thing you know you're just working your whole life. Like that happens, right? Uh but the idea is everything needs reform, but if you're going to talk about places that could certainly be changed, school curriculums is a good place for them. And, you know, we could we could, should make people to where they're free thinkers. They've got a good idea of the things like investing and credit score management and credit card management and balance in your business. If, if all those things are going to stay there and we're still continuing to live in a capitalist society, then... It really uh, would behoove kids coming out of high school to understand that world that they're entering, you know, just as a base level. Uh, there was recently a law passed in Florida, and again, no politicians speak for me, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize a good idea when I see it, you know. And I don't really <laughs> care for too much of a lot of the bullshit I, I see coming out of Florida, but, you know, it's uh, when I saw the recent law that they passed that they're going to give kids based off that kind of thing, uh, the ability to, you know, know how to manage credit, credit card management. Those are, those are good life skills that every kid should know because, uh, you can set yourself up for failure for a long term if you don't understand how bad credit cards can get you. And, and I say that from firsthand experience, you know, it's a, that's a, that's a very real thing, especially if you've got an impulsive personality. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna swipe this card and just walk out of here with all that shit. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that that idea is dangerous in the mind of a 22 year old. You know, <laughs> oh, it got me. It got me good, and uh, still feel like I'm paying for that shit. So, so giving kids a better chance at just life itself when they get out of high school that should be the the goal. Like how how do we provide you the best opportunity to succeed at being who you naturally are, right? I think that's really what it comes down to. You could be a really good mechanic. You could be a welder. You could be a writer. You could be a dancer, a flute player, you know, whatever, right? Like, I mean, just people are going to be in so many different of flavors, you know, it's, uh, my brother's drawn his ass off his whole life. So, you know, if somebody like that, had those talents and he does tattoos for a living now but if somebody had those talents the whole time in their life they're gonna you know uh do architecture and structural design and and you know just the sculpting and just all these different forms of art being expressed or being able to convey 
through uh, visual imagery, you know, drawing really well, you know, just all kinds of different facets to what that talent is. And so by the time they get out of graduation and they're so talented at what they are, they really get to know all the different perspectives of what that talent could do for them and how they best feel comfortable using it, right? Uh, just as an example, but that could be true for anything. You'd be really good at math, really good at writing, really good at acting, you know, whatever it may be. People are, again, very, very varied and different from one another. But at the same time, we're all human <laughs> underneath, you know. And so there should be the things of like humanities. That's another thing. I, I don't think uh, there's enough focus on just being a good person. I wouldn't even concentrate too much on anything besides just the basics reading and math basically for the first you know it's the second or third grade of, of how we map it now like the it would all just be ethics course and playing and practicing uh being good citizens to each other right for the first three five years hell i mean you know it's uh you could keep the limbs the the schooling itself real limited in the early years and just teach them to be good human beings and they'll they'll play catch up on the knowledge side it's uh if if they know how to operate well in the space socially they'll be much better equipped to go through life in general and the, you know as long as you're sticking with reading and math anyways the rest just all falls into place kids are naturally curious they're gonna they're gonna tell you what they want to know about and that's the other thing too is that you could watch curiosities as indicators of what a kid is going for you know it's uh there's a lot of different ways of doing it i'm sure right and again i'm no expert on it i just you know it's you can look at a situation and know what the goal should be right and if you know what the goal should be you can work backwards to basically reverse engineer yourself to solutions that make sense Call in the experts for it you know ask them how do we get this accomplished by the time they graduate they're going to be really well equipped for, uh, with their natural talents to go out and make a living or have a good idea of how to make a living with those talents and know how to operate within the financial sector of, of this world where we live in. If you, if you could give all kids those two things, you know, the rest is up to them as it should be, right? Because people should still be free to be whoever they are, you know. But at least we would be giving everybody a good shot, you know. And right now, school doesn't provide that to so many kids. Like, they just get failed for so uh, whatever reason. And then the the whole angle of it's all about college is, is certainly pushed on kids. The academic route is is basically painted as the only way. At least I know that was the case for me when I was in high school. You know, hopefully that's changed and evolved. <laughs> it's, it's been a little while, but... At the same time, the way society is, you got to figure like not much has really probably changed in the last 20 years. And I don't feel like it's changed that much. And looking with what my daughter uh, deals with within her school curriculum, you know, it's it's basically the same kind of stuff I was doing. It's just she's got a laptop to do it on. That's, you know, the difference there. But, the, you know, that is what it is. So it's just we could be doing so much more. And it's it's a lot of. Uh, bullshit politics get in the way again. It, it doesn't serve people uh, the way it should. You know, it's just a, education is just another aspect of that. And you know, you have to also think that when you're raising people in a sense of just being obedient and listening, that means they're also going to probably be more 
tendency for those people that go through and really buy into that system. If you do, uh, there's a chance that you might be a little more closed-minded about things, right? Or uh, not as accepting of uh, hearing conflicting thoughts different from what you had grown up believing. You know, because you if if you have that authoritarian mindset or, or buying into authority, you'll believe that what you've been told is the truth. So if anything else comes along that works against that or is contrasting to what you perceive the truth to be, then there's going to be less acceptance of that outside opinion, right? Because you've already been told what the right one is, you know? And so if that if that bow to authority type of mindset has set in, that also means that people aren't going to be as, as open-minded to having a differing opinion from theirs, you know? And so much happens from that of where people aren't willing to be okay with disagreement and, and not being at the same place. And when that happens, you lose the ability... To exchange ideas different from your own and grow from them in the process. If you're only in the echo chamber, if you're only hearing people that agree with everything that you say, you'll never get a different opinion that's going to make you stretch what you believe to be possible or to believe to be true, right? It's uh, You're confined by that. And so it's good to get out of your comfort zone and talk about and talk to people that disagree with you and have viewpoints different than your own but to do it in a way that you're okay with that disagreement and accepting of the fact that it doesn't make either either one of you engaging in that conversation any less human you know that's there there there're going to be things that you, somebody might find like just horrible right and if that's the case, you can still say, listen, you believe in something that's fucking crazy, but you can still be a good person and believe in crazy things, right? It's the judging of the idea and not the person and being able to to, to differentiate between those things. And too often it's not. Too often it's, I disagree with you, therefore you suck, you know, <laughs> or you're an idiot or or those kinds of things is it, you know it's crazy and there's not enough sitting down and listening to apo- opposing ideas and really having that dialogue of finding uh common ground right and and being able to find those things of wait no like I do see that you know and and in finding that common ground if if you could find that and focus on that instead of the division things would be so much better things would be so much better if people would come together and focus on the areas that they agree on. Because if they did that, I think what you would find is, one, that there's a lot of agreement out there, and that, two, most people are not getting those things that we all agree upon or could agree upon, right? That those things are not actually happening. And so if we can all come together and agree on the things we agree upon, and realize what's not happening, and put in a, a laws into place the correction of that, you could really see things change overnight, you know? And when I think about it, and I think about that aspect of things, and I think about the ability 
to make a real impact and how would you go about doing it? You know, the idea occurs to me is that you could completely rewrite the Constitution of the United States. And when I say new Constitution, right, if nothing more, it's a good thought exercise, I think, to really think about what you would want. And if I was starting it all over, if I was if I was looking back with hindsight and looking forward at the same time, when it comes to that idea of just thinking about it, I think that I would keep the original Bill of Rights intact, of course, you know. Those first ten amendments are the foundation of what America is beautiful and really don't need to be changed, you know. Um, I wouldn't do too much there. I would keep that all that the same. Um, but I think I would also look to limit the powers of corporations would be a big point. I would look for things that would guarantee both vacation time and maternity leave and paternity leave, you know, both parents in the cases of, of newborn babies happening in families, I would guarantee those things. I think those are fundamental, you know. I would have health care somewhere in there. I think people should be able to go and get taken care of, realizing not every system's perfect, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to go about that. But I think I would want to see that addressed I would want to see some universal basic income included in that. And these would be fundamental rights. These are things that I think everybody should have. And I think the government should guarantee it. I would simplify tax codes. You know, it's, uh, I think, maybe just sales tax, you know, and uh, like, who knows? There's just, there's a lot of different ways to go about doing it. Or things that would be added on. But I think those are some good starting points of things worth fighting for. Things that I'd like to see everywhere. And, and again, until we all get to where we really need to go, there's always going to be worth something fighting for. you know. And the, I think it's good to just put the idea out there and really think about things. Think about where they can go. And look at the beauty of it. Like what life could be so much better than what it is. When you think about culture, when you think about going to any place and what's there besides the natural beauty of a place cuz that's going to be, you know, unique for its own sake, you know, the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone. Those places are just beautiful for what they are, right? But do you think about cities and what makes a city a city and the culture that you find there? There's there's really things that people will always think about when they think of the culture of the place, right? They're going to think about the food. They'll think about art, you know, and all that comes along in that word, you know, painters, musicians, poets, entertainers, you know, actors, those kinds of things. You know, Broadway on New York, right? It's, it's world famous, you know, it's so... So it's food, it's the arts, music and such, acting, all those things. All all the arts get grumble, uh, grouped in together with those things. But really, all of them matter, right? But all of them help to really define what a place is. Um, and then you you think of 
like clothing, maybe the shopping that some place is at, you know, the things that they can offer. Like those are the kind of things that define what a city is and what a culture is in a given area. And if you nurtured that, you could create situations where it was like hyper local economies and then you kind of maybe nationalize or competing brands because on some things it makes sense that you have large corporations handling it. If you think of railways, for instance, that's got to cover such an immense span. You know, same thing with highways, right? Those are immense spans. So either the government takes over oversight of those kinds of things and those things that are really about infrastructure and then people just communicating and getting back and forth and those kinds of deals, that would be hard to uh, take in at, on a small level, right? And probably wouldn't make much sense in the grand scheme of things. But there, on the flip side of that, are a lot of things in regards to what creates culture that could absolutely be hyper-localized, you know, where every every place you went to was different and vibrant and had its own identity and mark, you know, and feel to it just because of the art and the culture there, you know, and, and how the people got down and from one city to the next, you know, between their, the, all the arts that they have to offer and, you know, the food there and the shopping and, you know, those kinds of things. Because when you talk about any different city, you'd be hard-pressed to start talking about them and not end up talking about those things, you know, the uh, aside from natural beauty, because natural beauty is its own thing, right? Like, you don't create that anywhere. It just is, and where it's at happens to be beautiful kind of deal, you know, and hopefully the people cherish it when you have it, right? Um, but if you built a society towards the idea of enhancing culture and life and an enjoyment, you know, and that there was more to it than just the work side of things, right? Fulfillment, human fulfillment is a big thing. And there's so many people that don't feel fulfilled in their daily lives and are miserable, right? And some of that's, you know, chemical imbalance, you know, it's not to belittle anybody, you know. It's, uh, I feel for people that struggle with that, you know. My, my own wife has uh, recently kind of started dealing with anxiety that was never there before and all of a sudden is, you know. And so... You know, I've seen firsthand how sometimes things change overnight and without any real provocation for that happening. You know, it just kind of was, right? And, you know, maybe it's COVID and this new world we're dealing with. But the point is that people out there are dealing with shit. And if you had good support networks all around everybody, you know, if you had places with very that were invested in creating positive cultures that maybe we'd see less of that you know and maybe people would have better support networks and people that they could they reach out to uh just to help them when they are feeling down and in a bad place you know it's uh anywhere that would help uplift their spirits in those moments you know it could be a very positive thing society could be a very positive thing and it's not really structured that way so many times. And it's like, we have to step back and really look at the grand picture and the grand scheme of things and keep asking ourselves, what do we want? What do we want this world to look like? Is anybody getting it? You know? Hands of the very few, sure. Those people that got lucky, 
you know, for one reason or another. Yeah. There's people out there living the dream, right? <laughs> but there's too often that if you don't, if you're not living the dream, it's your fault, right? You didn't work hard enough. You weren't smart enough. You didn't take advantage of the opportunity. You know, there's all this blame that goes on. But the reality is, is that it's not structured for everybody to get that. It's not structured that there would be this universal feeling of happiness in this world. <laughs> it's built on exploitation. It really is. At one level or another, most things are built on exploiting one person for their time, labor, thoughts, craftsmanship, whatever, right? To take advantage of it so somebody else can make more money off of it than they are, you know? And it's just stacked up like that everywhere. And it's, until we have fundamental change, it's always going to be that way, you know? And it's really, it's just, it just feels like it's time to start thinking about it differently. Start being more inclusive in our own thoughts, and people ask me, you know, I, I, I carry myself in a very positive manner when I go out into the world. People don't think I have a bad day. People don't think I yell, get angry, you know, those kinds of things. And that's not true, right? Like, I'm I'm flawed, and my family sees that the uh, the more negative side of me, if it's ever there, they see more of it than anybody, you know? Um and it's just because if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I want to just be left alone or whatever, you know. I get the downside of things, right? But when it comes to just the general public, and and really, like, <laughs> it's not like it's not like I'll flip the script, right? Like I'm I'm pretty much a happy guy all the time, you know. But if if anybody's gonna see the worst of you, it's your family, right? You know, and. And so it, not every day is perfect, and there's some days where I don't feel so great just about just things in general, you know, the stress of modern life gets to you from time to time. It happens, right? But when I go out into the world, I try not to think about any of the negative shit that's going on in life and and focus on just positive intent and positive interactions and never being the reason that somebody else has a bad day. Like, I try to avoid that shit. And it's not on some testicle shit, right? It's it's on the fact of out of respect, right? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what happened in your day or your life or what's going on right now. I have no idea when I run into people just in my daily interactions. There could be a ton of stuff going on that you don't see you know, behind the curtains, so to speak. And if there is something rough going on in your life or whatever, just out of respect, I don't want to be the person that makes things any worse for you, you know. And I'm big about carrying myself that on a daily basis. And in turn, you know, I've, I end up in a spot where I've got a lot of awesome people around me who I feel like they also don't want to be the reason anybody has a bad day, right? It's, um... So that energy that you create in life is has an attractive quality to it. And that works for better or for worse. Because if you are saying a lot of negative shit, thinking a lot of negative things, doing a lot of negative things, you are going to attract more negativity around you. That's just the way it works. You know, energy, energy is like magnets. It, it goes to what it 
it's like kind of thing, you know, and if, uh, (laughs) but it also gets attracted to it. I don't, it's crazy. Maybe magnets aren't the best, (laughs) uh, you know, analogy for that shit, but, but energy is real though. It absolutely is real. And, and the negative and the positive are on opposite sides, right? They don't meet in the middle, you know, it's, um, they might attract, but they don't meet, you know, it's, um, they're hanging on opposite ends, right? And so, you know, it, it, making this world a better place starts with ourselves on a daily basis of what we're doing, you know, of just bringing positive energy. But at some point, that energy has to coalesce. It has to come together for us to move forward. It has to. Because if we get stuck here in our own little private worlds, silent and suffering, the misery of everyday life and the world constructed as we know it. If we don't ever come together to fix that, it's not going to change, right? And I believe that fundamentally people want it to change and are just looking for a way of like how, you know, and where do I find the time, right? It's And a lot of it is overcoming the own barriers that people set for themselves. Oh, that'll never happen. Psh. No way. (laughs) No way. That'll never happen. It's not going to happen. People aren't going to come together like that. People aren't going to do this, right? We've lost faith in ourselves. We've lost faith in humanity to actually get that shit together. And, like, I believe in us, you know? For as dark as the history has been, and for as crazy as any one person can can be, I, I know they're crazy out there. You know, people think a lot of different things and operate in a lot of different ways. But in the grand scheme of things, of who we are collectively, I believe in us, you know. And us is worth fighting for. Us in our future collectively is worth fighting for. And that doesn't mean putting up your fists, right? There are other smarter ways of fighting this thing and of evolving and and that's the thing right there's all this technology out there and and all these advancements that we make but i keep on waiting for our humanity to catch up with our technology where are those leaps and bounds coming from when are they happening you know we got to catch up our humanity has to be the ipads of the world Right, or whatever the hell else fancy technology impresses you these days, and it's rolling out all the time. There's always some new shit coming out that's just like, yeah, man, it's wild. Look at that! Wow, it's amazing. When as people are we doing amazing shit? When do we come together and put it all together and go make it work for all of us? When do we do that? And what are we waiting for? You know what I'm saying? What are we waiting for? The time to get it together is right now. You know? And these right here are just the conversations I'm hoping to have and the ideas to plant to really ask ourselves that question. And I hope more and more people are asking it more and more often to the point that we start doing some shit about it. Because I want to come together and make this thing work for all of us. And I know I'm not alone. I know there's so many people out there that feel the same way that I do. And it's time we look up and realize that struggle doesn't happen by ourselves. 
That struggle happens collectively, but we suffer privately and individually. And we don't have to. We don't fucking have to, y'all. And and I want us I want us to get it together. I want to see that happen. If not if my lifetime, I hope my grandkids live to see it kind of thing, you know. I hope ancestors of the future are out there to witness it, you know? And I hope that's this case for everybody hearing this. You know? That's really what it's all about. And so with that being said, I love y'all. I got a uh, I got a inter- my first interview scheduled this week. I'm gonna drive out to a, a good friend of mine's house and make that happen. Working on putting a couple of other ones in the book. I really want the dynamic of having a conversation with other interesting people happening for the podcast. You know, I built it with that in mind. It's not always gonna be just me rambling. You know, so if you feel like the guy rambles and he repeats himself often, just wait. Please be patient with me. <laughs> we'll eventually get to some other areas you know uh but i appreciate and love every one of y'all who keep on supporting who keep on coming back and listening you know much appreciated it it means the world to me and uh, you know at the end of the day i do this out of the love and you know i I hope more people hear me because i I believe in the ideas and i believe in the power of positive energy and positive thought and the more people that get on that level, the better, right? And I'm, I'm going to keep on doing it just for that sake alone. Even if it's the same 100 people or whatever, listen to me again and again. It'll be 100 people better than what it would be if I didn't do it at all, right? And so I and so I do this out of the love, uh, no doubt. And, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. But I do want to have conversations with people and, and let y'all in on that. And the energy and the dynamic that happens with that exchange of two ideas is such a lovely thing. You know, and so much different uh, stories and angles and thoughts can come out of that. More so that I could ever get in a room by myself talking, you know. And so we're going to keep on pushing ahead and keep on exploring ideas and expanding what what this is, what it's all about. And, you know, what we're talking about here on the Parker Parker podcast. But, I mean, love and respect. Thank y'all for for sticking in there with me along for the ride. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And we'll talk soon. All right. God bless.